Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. That's, I mean, it's true. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. 
We're going to read the first verse and the last verse of the Bible today. So don't leave here thinking you got the gist of the whole Bible as if we shortcutted like a book report or something and, you know, figured it all out. But it is good to get a perspective of looking back um, and then also to look forward. Where we stand here now today in uh, the dispensation of grace, as the Bible calls it, or the church age, here we are. Uh, it's good to look back and get perspective, look forward and get some perspective. And We'll start in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says this. In the beginning, God created the heaven... And the earth. In the beginning, God. I think that's important. Don't you? A lot of times we go to the Bible, you know, we want to learn all about ourselves. And that's fine. He'll teach us. But I think the main reason to go to God's Word is to learn about God. Where else would we learn about Him? To know Him. If we really want to know Him... Let me give you a clue. If you really want to know God, the place you would look is His Word. In the beginning, God. You say, if I look back, how far back, you know, if I looked way back, what's at the beginning? God. In the beginning, God. If you look as far back as you can look and go as far as you can go, you know what you're going to find? God. And if we go as far forward as we possibly can, you know what we're going to find? You know what we're going to see? God. Not only in the beginning God, but in the beginning God created. Now, for some of you here this morning, you're thinking, how basic can this get? But I guarantee the kids aren't learning this in public school. Here we have such a great explanation of where we came from, how we got here. I mean, nobody else knows. There's all kinds of theories, but here we have it. In the beginning, God created. Where did we come from? How did we get here? What's our purpose? God made us. God created us. And and amazingly, when we look back... We find God and we find that He created. And what we're going to find as we look forward this morning is that He's still creating. That He's going to make some other things. That He's still creating and going to make all things, all things new. Now, I think this first verse in the Bible, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, it requires faith to believe that. It does. It requires faith to believe that. But God requires faith for us to come to Him, for us to know Him, for us to receive all the rewards that He has for us and the blessings that He has for us. Those things are unleashed or unlocked or, or, or released, however you want to say it, by faith. So just start with this. Believe that. That in the beginning was God, 
And that He created everything. Everything that there was. The heaven, the earth. And as we continue in Genesis 1 and 2, we begin to see the explanation and the days of creation. How things were made and the order of things that were made. And and how that uh, man was formed and was given life. Was given a home. The Garden of Eden. How that he was given a job to do. Look at verse 7 of, of Genesis Chapter 2. Genesis 2, look, look at verse 7. It says this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and the breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden And there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life. Also in the midst of the garden is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think many of you will remember when Pastor Colson was here, and, and preached about this and talked about the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That good and evil are on the same tree. Many times we try to do enough good works to be right with God or in a right relationship with God. But good and evil are on the same tree. What we really need is the tree of life. What we really need is Jesus Christ. He says in verse 10... And the river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. He begins here telling us how we became and how we were created, that that we became a living soul. And can I tell you this morning, on the authority of the Scripture, that we're different than the animals. You say, how are we different than the animals? We were created in God's image. We were not just created with a soul, but you've heard it said before, we don't just have a soul, but we are a soul that has a body. We are created in God's image. We are created eternal. God made us this way. And then God gives them this beautiful home, this little piece of paradise, a garden, that's pleasant to the eye. And I think that we as humans have all these things that God put in us. That we, we still desire beautiful places. We still desire beautiful things. That's, it's a God-given desire that He puts in our hearts. Just this last week, I'd never been to uh, northern Michigan. And we went there for a quick vacation. And um, we went to a, a, a lavender uh, farm, I guess, or garden, and it, and it was situated in like a, and I'm not even into flowers, I'm really not, I mean, I appreciate them, but I really can't name them and do all that sort of stuff, but, um, but I don't know what it was about it, it was really beautiful, you drove down in, it was kind of situated in a valley, and, and uh, tons of flowers, and the smell, I was smelling the flowers, I guess you'd say, and, uh, 
you know, the, the weather was perfect, uh, the temperature and everything, and they had the benches out there and just sat down, and it was a beautiful sight. It was a, it was a wonderful place, and there's just something about uh, these type places that we seek out as humans to, to look for beauty and to uh, look at God's creation and desire it. But you know the story that a curse came. A curse came on the land and sin entered in. The tempter, the tempter entered into this garden, this beautiful place and tempted Eve. And Adam and Eve, the Bible tells us, that they sinned. They deliberately disobeyed God. They knowingly disobeyed His Word. And a curse fell on all, all, all creation. Even. even the beauty that we do see is after the curse. This is not how God made it. It's on the ground. Sorrow entered in. Death entered in. Pain entered in. The Bible says thorn and thistles. The first eviction happened. Adam and Eve are driven from their beautiful home and forced out. Their child is murdered by their own son. I mean, things go bad quickly, downhill fast. And it still continues today. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, For I reckon the sufferings of this present time. There are sufferings in this present time. Are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We understand that while we're here that there's trouble and trials and suffering. But we also understand that there is a glory that will be revealed in us. There's just something inside. When, when, you're, when you are sealed with the Holy Ghost. There's something inside that tells you that there is quite a bright future. With eternity and with the Lord. In verse 22 of that chapter, he says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth and pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. We as God's people and creation itself is groaning, saying, You know what? Things aren't right. This isn't how God created it to be. When He spoke the world into existence and created things, you know what He said? And it is good. And it doesn't take long looking around to find things that are not good. Even within ourselves. There's a groaning, there's a suffering, there's a pain that has happened now because of Eden. God knowing all these things. How that the predicament that we are in, the curse that we are under, God sends a cure for that. And the cure for that is found in Jesus Christ. That's what we sang about this morning. That's what our hymn books are full of. That's why we worship. It's because, because we have hope. Because there is a curse. Because there is, a, there is suffering. Because there is pain and there is death. But there's also a cure. And there also is hope. And it's found in Jesus Christ. It's found in the cross. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us. Who's us? The church. 
Why do we come together on a Sunday morning? Because we're redeemed. When the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, that's why we sing. That's why we sing of the goodness of God. It's because He redeemed us. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. When Christ went and suffered the humiliation and the suffering and the pain and the sin of the whole world on the cross, you know what it was? It was a curse to Him. The cross was a curse to Him. And He took that for us. And today, when we sing about the cross, we don't see the cross as a curse. But because of Christ, we see the cross as the cure. That we can be redeemed. That we can be bought back from the penalty of sin. The payment of sin. And the power of sin even. Wow. This is good news. (laughs) You know, we do have good news. We're about the only ones that do. I don't say that arrogantly. I just say that as our responsibility. That we are the ones with the good news. We are the bearers of the gospel. The bearers of this good news. And it's interesting that when we read Revelation and read Genesis, how so many things seem to be similar in so many ways. That full circle that we've talked about before. For instance, Genesis starts with God creating the heaven and the earth. And Revelation ends with Him creating the new heaven and the new earth. Right? In Genesis, we see the sun is created. But in Revelation, at the end of Revelation, we find out that there's no need of the sun. (laughs) For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. In Genesis, we find night being established. But in the end of Revelation, we find that there's no more night. (laughs) The sea being uh, created in, in Genesis, but you know we find that there's no more sea in Revelation. As I've already mentioned, the curse is announced or established on the creation in Genesis. But in Revelation 22 and verse 3, the Bible says this. <laughs> this should make us all happy. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And His servants, us, shall serve Him. We see death entering into all of creation. Not just the human race, but entering into all of creation. In Genesis. But in Revelation 21 and verse 4, the Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. You believe that? The Lord wants us to believe that. When He went to Lazarus' funeral, He wanted Mary and Martha to believe that. You know what He wants us to believe? That one day, there will be no more death. That He's already defeated it and its days are numbered. There'll be no more death. Neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Just getting a little perspective this morning. 
The former things are passed away. No more death, no more pain, no more sorrow. In Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 17, the Bible says this, For behold, I create new heavens, new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. That puts things, that puts your problems, and I think you have problems, I'm not saying you don't, we have problems. But that puts your problems in perspective, doesn't it? One day you wouldn't remember it if you could. It won't be remembered. No more. Passed away. The humans, Adam and Eve, are driven from the garden and from the tree of life. But in Revelation, we're called into paradise. We're called into this tree of life. We're welcomed back into a garden. Can I say this? And again, I say, you know, we're looking for that beautiful spot. We're looking for our own little Eden, right? But what the Lord has prepared for us is better than Eden. Eternity is better than Eden. Our eternity is better than Eden. Revelation, go, to, go ahead and turn there. Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. As he's creating all things new. And invites us to his eternity. His people. Us. Revelation 21 verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. You know, when we talk about heaven in that general sense, when we talk about eternity, the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, and all that He has prepared for us, can I tell you the greatest thing about heaven, I believe? Greatest thing about this eternity that you and I are promised for is that God Himself shall be with them. We have that promise in John chapter 14 that where I am... There you may be also. I mean, I think it's wonderful. And here's part of, the, part of the purpose of this message, just to get you thinking, meditating, studying on eternity. But there's a lot we don't know, honestly. But the one thing we do know, that whatever he's doing throughout eternity, whatever the, whatever the bridegroom's doing throughout eternity, that's what the bride's going to be doing. That's what the church is going to be doing. That's what we're going to be doing. Wherever he is, John chapter 14, that where I am, there you may be also. He says that again in Thessalonians. He says, so shall you ever be with the Lord. Who's this eternity Eden for? For us, his people. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That book of life. Is your name written there? Amen. Amen. 
Those whose sins are covered by the blood of the Lamb. And how long will this last? (laughs) How long will this last? The Bible says over and over, forever and ever. Forever and ever. And you know who won't be there? The tempter. (laughs) There will be no curse. There will be no sin. And there will be no tempter. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beasts and false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Again, what's the purpose of this message? As we kind of look back, look forward, look at the end and the beginning of our Bible. I guess the purpose of this is the more that we uh, understand and the more knowledge that we have, I believe, on eternity, on heaven, if you will, the more it will affect our everyday. You know, a lot of times we in this, and I guess it's just human nature, it's probably not just our culture and society, but you know, you're like, you know, give me something practical that will help me today. This is practical that will help you today. I mean, to know where you came from and know where you're going and to know how important what we're doing right now is, that'll help you today. You can't tell me that understanding all this stuff doesn't affect your daily walk and the decisions that we make. Being mindful of eternity is very practical. Would you agree with that? I think so. It, it, It affected Abraham. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 10, For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Why why was Abraham different? Why was he a man of faith? Because he wasn't always looking here on the earth. He was looking for something else. It says later in that Hebrews 11 verse 13, All these died in faith. By the way, you and I are to walk by faith. We're to live by faith. What's that look like? What's that mean? Having not received the promise, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them. And embraced them. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. You know what it would be today for you to be a man or a woman of faith? Is to to be persuaded. To embrace. To confess that I'm just a stranger here. That this is just temporary. That I'm just passing through. I've got a purpose. I've got a calling. I've got a mission. But I also have an eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a man of faith. That's a woman of faith. Holding on to that. That's very practical. For they that say such things declare plainly. I declare plainly. That I seek a country. And truly if they've been mindful. That's what I'm talking about this week. That is honestly the... The, the, the point of the message is being mindful of eternity. If they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. God's prepared us a city. He is preparing for us a place. 
And you know what he wants from us as he's preparing this for us? Just to declare plainly, I'm seeking that heavenly home. That I'm eternal. That I'm, I'm seeking the eternal. That I'm seeking that eternity with the Lord. This is that life of faith of a true believer. That I confess that there is a better country. That there's a better than Eden out there. For you and I. It's heaven. It's eternity with the Lord. A city prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And again, this is not pie in the sky. No, no. This is our future. This isn't just happy thoughts. This is what drives us. This is our motivation. Turn to Revelation 22. You there? Or close. Revelation 22. In verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, its back, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him, and they shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads, and there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And He said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. You know how the, the Bible closes? How it ends? These things will be done shortly. Shortly be done. He says, behold, I come quickly. In the scheme of things, in the scheme of eternity, uh, behold, I come quickly. In verse 7, he mentions, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this book. I think before we've studied the, the blessings through the book of Revelation, the seven blessings and, and actually, the last two of the seven are found in this chapter. In verse, verse 7 there, Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. In verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, and that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into that city. In other words, blessed is he that keeps his word and does it, follows God's word, and as we as His church and we as His people have a mindset, have an attitude of eternity, have a mindfulness of eternity, have a mindfulness of the, the eminent return of Jesus Christ, this will affect our daily walk. This will affect our daily lives. You know, this will affect our attitude toward the world. 
toward those that are lost, toward those that don't have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This will affect how we keep our hearts, wanting to keep them clean and pure and right with God, as we are mindful of the return of Jesus Christ and the eternity that we'll share with Him. It will affect our commission, our duty, our evangelism, how it is that we tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. How we obey God's word in our daily walk, but then also how we preach that gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 17 of 22, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life. Freely. You know what the Holy Spirit says today in the world to those that are lost? Come to Christ. Come to the living water. You know what the church's job is today? You know what our commission, you know what our duty is today right here and now as we've looked backward and as we've looked forward and now we come back to where we're at today? Do you know what our job is? you know what our duty is? you know what our commission is? Come to Christ. Come to the living water. Come to the Savior. Come to your King. Come to the Lord. There's a cure for the curse. There's a cure for sin. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. He paid your payment. He paid your penalty. You can drink of this water of life freely. You can can know that you have eternal life. You can know that you have a relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can be filled with His Spirit. What's our job today? To tell the lost world to come to Christ. To come to Him today. You may be here and and have never done that. You know what I say? Come. Come to the Lord. You'll find that He's gracious and forgiving. As you repent of your sins and ask Him to be your Lord and Savior He will. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. So we read the first verse. We'll read the last two verses in closing. Revelation 22, verse 20 and 21. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The Bible closes with the promise that the Lord's coming back. I would say that's a very important part of our church. That's a very important part of our everyday life. Is remembering and being mindful of the return of Jesus Christ. I think it's important. And there's a response. There's a response. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And I started thinking about that. You know, I think if we said that more, we'd be more mindful that today could be the day. Right? Even so, come Lord Jesus. I mean, if you're praying for someone to... If you're asking someone to come... 
you're going to be more aware that they might show up. I mean, right? And so I think this is a good thing to say. This is a good thing to pray. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Let's do it as a church. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Let's say it again. Even so, come Lord Jesus. You know, as we say that, you know what it's going to start to do? Maybe focus our mind, focus our heart, focus our lives on, okay, the Lord's coming back, and then it's eternal. Then it's eternity. Then it's with Him forever. So what am I doing now? How is this affecting my every day? So, you know, it's almost as if the church, we, the believers, are standing in the gap, saying to the lost world, come, come to Christ. Come, drink of the water. And saying to the Lord, even so, come, Lord Jesus, come back. Lord, I want to, come on back. I'm ready. I'm ready for your return. But in the meantime, to the world, come to Christ. He is coming back. He is going to return. This is our job. It's simple, right? But many times we get our hearts set on the world. And our minds sit on the things of the world. Looking for the Lord's return. Looking for those things. You know, as I started, if you look in the past as far back as you can go, you'll see God. You look into the future as far as you can. You know what you'll see? God and us. With Him. He says in verse 13 of Revelation 22, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He says in Revelation 1.8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come. Almighty. God is almighty. Many times here on this earth, you know what you and I will start to do? We'll start to... We'll start to search for perfection. I think it's in our heart. I don't think it's, I think it's a desire. We, we search for beautiful places. That perfect spot, right? I found the per- perfect spot. I found the perfect person. I found the perfect relationship. I want perfect rest. I want perfect comfort. Again, all those things are really what we're describing is Christ. What we're describing is our eternity. We might not find that here and now. But we do have a promise that with Him in eternity, we will find that. That's what we have. So, as we close, would you come to the Lord today? If you've not received Him as your Lord and Savior, we'll take time to pray. For the believer, can we... Can we declare plainly that we seek a better country? Can we focus our hearts and minds on that which is eternal? To try to be mindful each day, even so, come Lord Jesus. That the Lord's coming back, and until He does, I have a calling on my life to tell those to come to Christ. Maybe you would take, maybe you'd take some time to pray and say, I've been trying to... I've been trying to find my Eden here on earth. And God blesses us with some some beautiful places that we can see, no doubt. But we are really seeking a better country, a heavenly. Like Abraham, to 
who was willing to admit that he's just a sojourner here on this earth. We're just passing through. This is temporary. One day all the things that have caused us trouble and pain will be remembered no more. One day we'll be with him face to face for eternity, forever. The cure for the curse is Christ. And eternity is better than Eden. Oh,
Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you this morning for your spirit with us, how you ministered to us today, and we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the hope that we have. We're thankful for the promises that you've given us. We're thankful that we have each other to fellowship with and to sing with. God, you've been good to us, and we thank you for it. Bless your holy name, Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website. Or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.